Some of you know where I'm going with this. No, no, hands up. Did we have a good sleep? Who had a good sleep? Yeah. Uh, we had an okay sleep last night. Just, just to clarify for those who aren't in the loop, uh, we have a newborn at home. She's beautiful. She doesn't sleep much. But last night she was okay. She was okay. Only a few times. It's all right. Jelaine's here this morning, um, and so is Adelaide back in the corner over there. So if you want a little peek at some point, you can go take a look at our little new arrival. A few weeks old now. Um, Everything is kind of a bit of a hog, and a hog, that's not the right word, a fog, I think it's a fog, <laughs> at the moment, and anyone who's had kids knows what I'm talking about. Uh, and I've already um, preached this message once this morning, so I don't even remember what it came out as, so we're hoping that it comes out something like it did. And uh, this is my state of mind at the moment, understand what? What? Everything is a bit blurry. But... Uh, this morning, I'm continuing on our series of vision. Uh, we've been uh, talking for the last few weeks about the vision of our church and where God is taking us, and I hope you're excited by that. I know I am. Uh, I, I've only been here for about uh, eight or nine months now, but the more and more I see of our congregation, our people, and what God is doing amongst us, I get excited. I get excited for what we're doing. I'm excited for what we have now. Um, because you have to be thankful for everything that you have, excited for what we are doing now and also what we are going to do in the future. And uh, Stuart has continually said one phrase over and over and over again recently, and I hope you remember it. It's, we are a church that wants to be known for its relationships. Good, excellent. Yes, that, that's, and that's our slogan, right? It's our little catch cry. It's good, church known for its relationships. Um, and this is, this is a big key part of our vision. And just to be clear, we want to be known for good relationships, right? Good relationships. It's not just relationships, just good relationships. Because they can be bad relationships, right? We want to be known for good, dare I say, godly relationships. And it's important to make this clarification because this just won't magically happen, right? Good relationships don't just happen. They don't just appear. They take work. We can be a bit naive in this way. Good relationships require cultivating. They should have natural chemistry, right? When you have a good relationship with somebody, it's easy to talk, it's easy to get along, um, it's easy to have conversations and, and talk about the deep things of life. So we should have that, absolutely. But they're not always easy, good relationships. Sometimes they're hard and you have to ask hard questions in order to keep a relationship good. Now, we're at church this morning. I've just realised that after my sleepy haze fog, but I want to ask you to confess. In fact, we're exposing the things that are in the darkness at the moment. How many of you watched The Bachelor this week? How many? Confessions? Confess there's a few. There's a few. Who knows, who, who knows about The Bachelor? At least, okay, okay, all right. There you go. We're exposing the things of darkness. I'm just kidding. See, our society is very interested in relationships, is it not? Very interested. Not always in a healthy way, but there is a huge fascination with them. And I'm not trying to take a big dig at The Bachelor at the moment, because I know there's some true lovers out there. But if you're not familiar with the show, uh, it's full of drama. It's, it, it happened, uh, sorry, it, it's been shown this week. It's the fourth or fifth or sixth series or something of it. And there's a lone bachelor, usually a, a handsome gentleman. This is the current handsome gentleman. You probably can't see him very well. He's all shrouded up there. He has a beautiful moustache. Um, 
His name's Nick, and he, uh, he's a former rugby union player, Australian rugby union player. And he's the current bachelor, and he has 20 plus possible women that he's going to have dates with over the next little while, each week saying goodbye to some that don't seem compatible, and hopefully, by the end of it, he's gonna find the perfect one, the perfect match. Now, I bring this up, as mentioned a moment ago, because there's a fair amount of naivety about this, is there not? It's beautiful and romantic to think that a genuine relationship will happen. It is beautiful, and it could happen. But I'm sure in this room, there is an experience that has taught you and I that genuine love, genuine love requires sacrifice, commitment, and a willingness to listen and grow. A to and fro, a backwards and forwards. Over the years, I've uh, had the chance to see some great marriages and some great relationships, uh, and it seems consistent in all of them that there is a commitment to growing, a commitment to forgiveness, a commitment to seeing that each other become the best person they can be. And I've seen this in friendships too, and I'm sure you have as well. Supportive, good, wholesome friendships often require hard questions to be asked of each other, honest conversations. I'm not sure how much of that's going to happen in The Bachelor. We can hope, though. And it's with this in mind that I come to today's passage in Ephesians. Now, it might have seemed like a bit of a strange one to be talking about relationships, but as we read it again, we might get a little bit more of a glimpse. So, let's, uh, let's read it together. It is a little bit small up there, and I apologize for that. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness. Don't watch The Bachelor. It's bad. No, I'm kidding. Just kidding. But instead, expose them, for it is shameful even to mention that such people do in secret. Sorry, secretly. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For everything that becomes visible is light. Therefore, it says, sleeper awake, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be careful, then, how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. So do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Do not get drunk with wine, for that is debauchery, but be filled with the Spirit as you sing psalms, hymns, spiritual songs among yourselves. We've done that this morning. Singing and making melody to the Lord in your hearts. Giving thanks to God the Father at all times and for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. So there's a lot in there. What should we take from this? Well, we know that this was written to the church at Ephesus, and there are certainly some specific contextual things to consider here about the New Testament church, and that they were new, and that they were facing a bunch of difficulties in their church life, as all the letters in the New Testament to the churches tell us. But in a broad sense, Paul wants us to understand, and wanted them to understand, how we should live as Christian people. Understand what about living as Christian people? Paul is saying that as Christians, we are first to be known for relationship with Jesus as an overall broad aspect of these verses. We are to be known for our relationship with Jesus. This is our defining relationship. We as a church who are known for our relationships, this is the big one. This is the major relationship that we need to be known for. This is the thing we hang our hat on, right? Christians, Christ. As such, we should not be participating in acts of darkness. 
We should be people of light, known for light, known for standing for what is true, what is good, what is wholesome in our church, for our church, for Jesus, in our relationships. We have to be known for light, not darkness. Our actions should demonstrate this as we shine for Jesus. Historically, the church has been known for this, right? Standing for good? Yes, there has been failures, undoubtedly. But this is what the church is about, standing for light. So, he goes on to say, Paul does, be careful then how you live, not as unwise people, but as wise, making the most of the time because the days are evil. Paul exhorts Christian people to be wise, to be light and to be wise in what they do. To think through our actions and make the most of what is given to us. And we could talk at massive length on this passage, especially the days are evil part. But suffice to say briefly that his purpose here, Paul's purpose to his readers, us included as the people of Ephesus were, the church there, is to provoke us about being wise with our time. He compares this to being foolish in contrast, continuing to say, so do not be foolish. Do not be foolish, but understand what? Understand what the will of the Lord is. And I know I'm, I'm harping on understand what this morning. Understand what the will of the Lord is. And there is undoubtedly many aspects to the will of God. So many different aspects. But as a general understanding, the general will of God for us, we know what it is, right? What is the greatest commandment? What is the general will of God for us as church? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbors yourself. That is the general will of God for us. There is undoubtedly other areas to it, and I won't go into that in depth this morning. But that is his will. And if you look at the greatest commandments, they're all about relationship, relationship with God and relationship with others. And that's why we're a church that wants to be known for our relationships. No other reason. We want to follow the greatest commandments. That's what we're trying to do. We break it down. We might say it in different ways, and I'm going to say it in a couple of different ways this morning. But that's what we're about. Being light, being wise, being known for our relationship with Jesus. This is how we are a church that's known for its relationships. And that's how we don't be foolish. It's by focusing our heart and our minds, our efforts and our strengths, all of us, onto loving the Lord our God and loving our neighbour as ourselves. This is wisdom. And it's good. It's really good. But how do we as a church be known for this? How do we break it down even more? How do we actually be known for it? And I want to be talking about some of our key things that we've identified as a church this morning about being known for this. How do we be known? Well, we make deliberate decisions with the Holy Spirit's help to form us into these types of people. The types of people who are known for their relationships, their godly relationships, their relationships with others. We make deliberate decisions. We need the Holy Spirit to guide us in this because not only can't we do it without him, it would be foolish to try. It'd be foolish to try and do this on our own. It's foolish to try and love God without God. It's foolish to try and love others without God. It's too hard. It's too difficult. I see some knowing looks in the room when I say that. 
There's some hard people out there to love. I don't want to love them in my natural strength. It's really difficult. But by the Spirit, we can. Paul continues to write in this passage, and it might seem a little bit obscure as to what I've been talking about just a moment ago, but he talks about not getting drunk on wine, but be filled with the Spirit. And I think this is the key here. It's the filling of the Spirit that enables us to live this type of relationship. As we sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, not just on a Sunday, but as we engage and worship God in our hearts every single day of our lives, inside church walls, outside church walls, in our workplaces, in our schools and universities, wherever we may be, this is how we're empowered to live out the great commandments, by the Holy Spirit. And we give thanks to God. And in that, we have to be subject to one another out of reverence for Christ. It's also a key to being able to love others is often submitting to each other, loving one another selflessly and sacrificially like Jesus loves us and sacrificially died for us. We need the Spirit to do this work with us and in us, through us. Stuart wrote in the church blog about two weeks ago this line and it's grabbed me really strongly um, during this time as we've been talking a lot about vision. He said, part of realizing our vision as a church is an individual realization that every single person, regardless of age or stage, has an integral part to play in the vision and mission of the church. You and I have an integral part to play in the mission of this church. Your relationships being good, godly relationships, your faith, your connection with others around you and your faith in God is what will be seen You are the church. This building is beautiful, but you are the church. And so, it's every single one of us making deliberate decisions. We don't just want this to be a slogan. I don't want it to be just something that we've got slapped on our wall, and I know Stuart doesn't, and I know many of you feel the same way. A church known for its relationships, that's great. There's a lot of churches that have slogans slapped on their wall. I believe we need to live this and be challenged to live it regularly. And I hope you do too. You might recognize these little symbols. Um, Anyone recognize them? Have we got any buddy hints? You see what they are? Excellent, yep, I'm getting away from the back from Todd, great. It's in the magazine at the moment, these symbols. Uh, They're on the website as well at certain points. They represent three words. And this this is what we're thinking is from God, the general will, to live out the commandments, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, for us to be known for our relationships. Sorry, I'm throwing out so many words at you right now. But for that to happen, we believe that God wants to use these three things. Connect, grow, and serve. For our church to be known for its relationships, we need to have these three things. And I'm going to go back and touch briefly Because we can't have meaningful relationships unless we make a deliberate decision to connect with each other, connect with new people, connect inside and outside these walls. If we want to be known for our relationships, we need to connect with people, with each other. These need to be powerful things because we're connecting with God. We need to connect with each other and that way we will grow together if we're connecting if we make a decision, a deliberate decision to be in each other's lives, to talk about what he's doing, to serve one another and with one another, 
with God and with each other? I hope that makes sense. This is what we want to be the DNA of our church. We connect with others, we grow together, and we serve together. We want to continue to be a growing church. And that's not just about numbers. We really want to grow spiritually in our depth and our understanding of God and our faith because that's the only place for hope. It's the only place for joy. Jesus is the only answer for humanity. I believe that with all my heart. And we need to connect, grow and serve together in order to show that light to the world. That is truly my belief and I, and I pray that it is, is yours as well. You know, we, we as a church have, have seen so much happen already. There's been so much great things occurred in the life of this church. It celebrated our birthday the other week, which is fantastic. And um, I wasn't here for most of that, and I, but I know there are people who have been here through the life of the church, and there's been some joyous things that have occurred in this church. But we want to see an incredible transformation in this place, in our lives, in the people of Rubina, the Gold Coast. I don't ever want to face the Lord and him to say, adequate job done, not so good and faithful servant. <laughs> and so that requires deliberate decisions, right? And I, I'm, I'm sorry, I don't want this to come out too strong this morning. I, I, I want you to hear that you can only do this by God's spirit and it's through his love and his joy that this is not a burden, but this is a joy to serve, to connect, and to grow with the people sitting around us and outside these walls. We can't be so insular that we don't think about everyone else that's across the road at the shopping centre at this moment. In our church, and I'll, I'll kind of end on this part here, there is many, many opportunities to serve God. And I've been praying this week that God would tap people on the shoulder to, uh, to feel the urge to serve in aspects in the life of our church, to grow with others in that, to, to be connected, to make a decision either to get into a, a small group and do a, a study or to have people in this church you catch up with weekly and do accountability. It doesn't have to be formal. It doesn't have to be a bishop group. But that there would be deliberate decisions to serve in other areas as well. You know, there was a, a slide up, sorry, not a slide, it was Stuart speaking and saying that the op shop needs helpers. Maybe God wants you to serve in that way. Maybe here in the children's op shop or over at Mycary Street. Or maybe in hospitality after the service here. Maybe you can give a couple of moments to serving the other people in this church in that way. Maybe you've got a heart for young people and you want to come help me in the youth ministry. Or our children's ministry. Or many, many other things. Welcoming as you come in. Todd's standing at the back at the sound desk. I'd love people to be wanting to use the sound desk and learn how to use sound. Anyone? Anyone? It'd be great. More sound people, more AV people to help manage things. That'd be great. That way Todd doesn't have to do it every single week. A way to serve God in this place. And I don't want to harp because I think that would be very negative of me. But God has a place for all of us to serve him in this place and outside these walls. And I know many of you do already, so I don't mean to at all place any emphasis on just this place just these walls. There's so many other things God is doing outside this place that is equal value and great value. That I'm sure many of you do serve in ways that I cannot understand or don't know. 
But whatever you do, wherever you do it, serve God faithfully. And in that way, you will be known for the relationship with God and for your relationship with others. It's a powerful thing. One last thing. We've just had a little baby, which is good and exciting. I'll come back to the very beginning when I talked about a baby. There is another opportunity for you to serve, should you desire. And it's because our church is having a new baby. We're going to start a new service as a church, another service. We've already got our 7.30 congregation and we've got a 9.30 service here, but we're going to start another service because we want to reach out and continue to reach the people who are outside these walls. And there are more people who want to hear the message of Jesus and we want to provide them that opportunity. So we're going to start an evening service. <sighs> Exciting. And it won't be on a Sunday. Oh, shock horror. And I would like to, I know this is a bit of a broad announcement to hear on a Sunday morning coming out. It is something we're praying about. We have no definite locked-in details on, on exactly the time just yet, just that it won't be on a Sunday. But we do believe that God is calling us to do this as a part of reaching out, as a part of connecting with those that need Jesus and are continuing to grow in our church. And it is going to be another place where you can serve, where you can serve Jesus. It's also another place where you will be able to come and grow and be a part of the life of the church. You know, you could always do two services. Oh, no, it's a bit of a stretch. No, only if you feel, only if that's something you feel to do. But we are a church that wants to be known for its relationships, and so we have to take brave, deliberate decisions to be known for our relationships. So I want to encourage you this week to be praying about how you connect, how you grow, and how you serve in the life of this church. How is it that God wants you to continue to serve him? Because this isn't about any man-made kingdom. This is about God's kingdom. It's about him. We want to be known for our relationships because we want to be known for God in us, Jesus in us, the hope of glory. Let us pray. Thank you, Lord, for these amazing people, uh, this amazing church. And Lord, I do pray that we would be people who are known for our relationship with you first and foremost. And God, from there, would everything else flow? Like I spoke about earlier, Lord, would that not be in many ways a hard thing? Would that natural chemistry as we love one another, we serve one another, we grow with one another, may that be fun and joyous and not a burden? Lord, help us to do that. And Lord, continue to empower us to be the people and the church that we are becoming. In Jesus' name, amen.